Good morning, Flagstone family. Hope you're ready for another awesome morning of worship uh, together online. Uh, do things a little, we're going to do things a little different this morning. We're going to start out by playing a little game. It's called Hearing Things. Brandon's going to put on these um, speech-canceling uh, headphones that have a lot of background noise in them. And then I'm going to have these cards and say some phrases to him. He's going to try to read my lips and figure out what I'm trying to say. Start out with a little bit of fun uh, for worship this morning. Here we go. You ready? And go. Okay. I am jumping for joy over here. I'm going to say it again. I am jumping for joy over here. I'm going on the first flight downward. <laughs> I am I, jumping. I am shopping. I am jumping. Doping. Jumping. Stoping. <laughs> Stopping. Jumping. Grope. Jumping. Shopping. Yes. Jumping. Jumping. Yes. I'm jumping. I am jumping for joy. For joy. Over here. Over here. Yes. No way. Very good. I'm jumping for joy. All right. Can you get me a glass can, of water? Can you hear me the last one? Can you get me? Can you hear me? Can you get me? Lick me. <laughs> can you get me? <laughs> I can't get <laughs> I don't know. Can you hear can me? Can you get me? I can't. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Can you get me a glass? Hit, hit me on the knees. That's over. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm laughing so hard. All right. Well, let's worship together, Flagstone family. Thanks for joining us this morning. It really well. <laughs> At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at his name. He is a wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at his name. There is no other name. There is no other name. No name by which we're saved. No name by which we're saved. There is no other name. There is no other name but Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at his name. There is no other name. No name by which we say there is no other name. There is no other name but Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue confess. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow at his name. Every knee shall bow at his name. Every knee shall bow at his name.
Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who rules the nations with truth and justice? Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Good morning, Flagstone. Hope that you have enjoyed worshiping with us today. As we're moving into our communion thoughts today, I, I want to confess a little something to you. Last Sunday, as we were listening to the sermon in our living room, uh, me and my mother-in-law, because Morgan was at work, we listened to the sermon, we worshiped, we prayed, we took communion, uh, and then I went and uh, did a couple more things that day. And as I was moving throughout that day, I realized, man, it doesn't really feel like a Sunday. But then I realized that, like, today doesn't feel like today either. It seems like, okay, oh, I think today's a Wednesday. Well, it's been Monday the whole time. 
Or you say, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm glad everybody's here. But it's actually the afternoon. In the middle of all of this quarantine and working from home, it's just, there's so many things that it doesn't feel like a Monday anymore. It doesn't feel like a Sunday anymore. I don't get to, you know, dress up and then come say hey to everybody and give somebody a hug. It just doesn't feel like that anymore. And then uh, to top it all off on that Sunday, you know, I had a list of other things that I wanted to do. And so, man, it was hard for me to connect. It was hard for me to engage in the sermon in a way that I normally would on a Wednesday because there's so many things going on. There's so many things going through my head. I'm not in the right mindset to be able to worship and to think about the word. And to be honest, that's kind of been hard. As I sit there in my living room and I look at the screen and I watch Marshall, I think some of you guys can connect with me. It's just hard and it's different. We're getting used to it, but it's just a little different. So we hear all these different noises and we hear all of these different things, but to come to a point where, okay, this is Sunday morning and I'm in worship mode. I'm in Jesus mode. I'm in adoration mode. It takes a second. And in Matthew chapter 26, uh, Jesus recognizes this with his disciples. Uh, and it's a, you know, just a little bit before he's going to be crucified uh, and then you know, three days he's going to raise again. But they're suffering from the same thing. They're, they're, they're in Passover mode, okay? So they're celebrating, they're getting things together. They've got a lot of things going on. They've got, they're getting the preparations ready for this meal. They're making sure they've got the food, they've got the right people, uh, they've got the cushions that they're gonna sit on. They're getting everything ready. And if they wanted to, they could take the Passover and it would just be something that they continue, uh, that they're checking boxes off. Okay, Passover, Jesus says a couple of things and then we move on. And as we're here in our communion time, we're realizing that, that's my temptation too, is that we're going to take communion and it'll be one of those things that we just check off and then we watch the sermon and then we continue on with our Sunday. But for just a second, I want us to tune everything else out, to get into the spot where Jesus' disciples were and listen to Jesus' words and the new significance that he puts towards them. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 26, he says this, Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body. And after that he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and he said, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Man, there's so many things that we could be doing right now. <laughs> Maybe you're one of those parents that's just trying to keep the kids entertained while you're watching this sermon. Uh, maybe you guys are, there's your phone's going off, the dogs are going crazy. You've got a Zoom meeting with your boss in the next couple of minutes, it seems like. And you're just trying to focus right now on communion. You're trying to focus on Jesus' sacrifice for us. And I invite you into that time. What Marshall's going to be studying here in just a little bit is pushing away the noise and making room for the shepherd, making room for this moment when we can realize that, man, Jesus really paid it all. His blood and his body were sacrificed for us, and because of that, we have the forgiveness of sins. So let's tune everything else out, and let's get into worship mode as we worship God in this communion. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. God, I pray that we can tune some other things out and just think about you today. At least in this moment, bring us to a place where we can kneel at the cross and see your son and realize the gravity of that. 
to realize that ultimate forgiveness that he paid and realize that, man, in three days he was back. And it's because of that that we can be with you someday in paradise in, in his Father's kingdom. God, help us to think about that as we take communion today. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. When the night is falling and the day is done, I can hear you calling, come.
Good morning, Flagstone family. Good morning, friends and guests that are joining us as well. I want you to think about this morning uh, some of the sources of noise that are in your daily routine. I mean, we, we can think of all sorts of things. Uh, you got your phone, you got your TV or Netflix or whatever it is that you watch. You got different music apps. You've got your radio. You've got now these online meetings and multiple voices sometimes uh, and all those things. You got your family members you're having conversations with and, and, and spending time. And maybe hmm, some of us may have some younger children who make a lot of noise that, that, you know, when we're trying to accomplish something else. You got pets. You got friends. We got traffic, although not as much traffic as we used to, but it's still there. Uh, there's, you know, if you go to the store, there's background noise all around you. There's the music playing over the speakers. Uh, you got your, your earbuds in with your podcast going. There's TikTok videos. There's even just walk around your house. Appliances make different noises. Uh, I mean, there's just all sorts of sources of noise that if you thought about it, if, if you just think about all the different places in your life on a daily routine where just noise comes from, there's a lot of it. I mean, we could even get a little bit more specific. Think about just like, um, how much our ears and our eyes and our hearts are, are filled with all sorts of things on our social media feeds uh, and, and the different videos that people send to us, and you've got to watch this. And there's people who, who uh, post things, uh, you know, all these guys talking about their different political views or their different uh, religious views, all the COVID-19 information that's constantly bombarding us and people... Th- you know, telling us that it's a much bigger deal than what we realize, and other people telling us it's not as big a deal as what we think it is. And we got people worried about the economy, and other people not so worried about the economy. And we got uh, people still advertising here's things you should buy, here's things you need in your life. And there's other people going, here's things you probably have and you need to get rid of. And we have all these different messages that are constantly bombarding us. Besides all the background noise that we constantly have in our lives, just the messages that we're trying to filter through and pay attention to and decide what we want to listen to and what we want to tune into and what we don't. Our lives are full of noise. And not all of it's bad, but there's just a lot of it. And for the most part, the noise that we have in our lives, we actually allow it uh, in our lives. We choose to we choose to tune into it and we choose to embrace it almost. And, and to the point that many of us struggle, honestly, we struggle to uh, get through the day without any kind of noise. As a matter of fact, many of us, maybe many of you who are watching this video right now, or at least many of us in our culture, allow so much noise into our lives that we've had to figure out ways to tune it out, to be quiet and to be still for a little bit. And maybe, you know, you have methods that you go through. Some of you meditate. Some of you just go out on your back porch and and sit in a chair or a hammock. Some of you go hiking so you can get away from all the noise. But even even beyond that, I mean, there's there we are so full of noise and so many of us have lost the ability to tune that noise out that we have to buy apps on our phones that lead us through the process of tuning out noise. One app that, that came out a couple of years ago and was voted the app of the year in like 2017, 2018 is the Calm app. And I don't have it, but I was reading some stuff about it. Maybe you've seen uh, LeBron James recently give uh, you know commercials for it. If you, if you buy that app, and some of you do, and I'm not judging if you do, I'm just saying if you buy that app, you, you end up paying $60 a year for an app to help you get rid of noise and be calm and be still for a few minutes. Why? Because we don't know how to anymore. We have so much noise in our lives, and it's become part of who we are. And we, so many of us struggle with tuning all that noise out. 
I want you to think about all the different sources of noise and stuff in, in, in your life as we're reminded of what we started talking about uh, last Sunday, this concept of simplify, looking at things in our lives that are complex, that are complicated, that seem to be overwhelming, and figuring out how we can, how we can simplify some of those things, how God calls us to simplify some of the more uh, complex and complicated things in our lives, how he calls us to, to get rid of the things that don't really matter and really find the core of what's truly important in our lives and focus on those things. And this morning, we're going to talk about simplifying the noise uh, in our lives, learning to, to stop listening to all the different voices that are trying to influence our choices and our decisions, learning to, well, at least to work on maybe turning down some of the noise a little bit, uh, maybe turning down some of all the chatter and the, and the buzz that takes so much of our joy and our peace and actually robs us oftentimes of the life that God calls us to live. Now, as I say that, and I, you know, just even as we're getting ready to talk about that, I'm recognizing this is much easier said than done. I mean, so many of us, myself included, are so accustomed to the noise, we have a hard time living without it. It's really awkward and uncomfortable not having noise in our lives. I remember being in high school and going to a, a, a big youth conference with hundreds of kids out in New Mexico, and there was a speaker there uh, who... Um, at some point in his life, I think in his childhood, had had some kind of accident or, or maybe uh, 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 some kind of disease or something that affected his hearing. He, he almost, he wasn't completely deaf, but he almost was. And uh, he's speaking to this room full of hundreds of teenagers. And he says, I want, to, I, want to, um, I want to give you a minute of what my life is like. And so he challenged all of us with all these teenagers who are full of energy and half of them probably aren't even listening to them anyway. And they're whispering to each other. And he says, I want you for one minute to try as best you can to sit in total silence. Don't say a word. Don't, if you can keep from clearing your throat, do that. Just be completely silent for one minute. And he had a stopwatch just to make sure, you know, he didn't go over or under. And so he, he said, okay, begin. And, and I remember sitting there, I remember being a, a teenager in high school, and after about 10 seconds, it felt so weird to experience silence because I was so used to the noise, and it was so ingrained into me that I had to have it. And that's just, just, that's just the physical noise that we become so accustomed to that we can't deal without. And we have a hard time uh, uh, walking away from it. We've got to have background music when we're working on projects. We've got to have fans on when we're sleeping. And I'm not being critical of any of those things. I'm just acknowledging we allow and put up with and even embrace a lot of physical noise in our lives. But you know what? We do that on an emotional and spiritual level too. We allow a lot of different voices to influence us and to tell us who we should be and what we should be doing. And we have all this chatter and all this buzz around us and we become so used to it that to try to simplify those things, to try to turn down some of those voices of influence, man, that's, that's hard. It's awkward. It feels weird. It feels uncomfortable. It's a whole lot easier to say, I want to simplify the noise than it is to actually do it. And we find ourselves I guess, in a way, being the kind of people that Jesus describes in, in Matthew chapter 13. He's actually uh, quoting from uh, Isaiah the prophet that lived hundreds of years before him, but he's looking at his generation and saying, here's what this generation, here's what the people in my culture nowadays look like. And I think he could even say the same thing about us today. He says this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, this people's heart has become calloused. 
They hardly hear with their eyes, with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Now, take a closer look at what Jesus is saying. My heart can become so calloused. I can get so stuck in my routine and, and, and so hardened in my mindset that I, I can't change. I can't change my, my habits. I can't change my attitude. And the, the things that could be different in my life, I can't allow those things to be di- different because they're so ingrained into me. And my life continues to feel overwhelming. It continues to feel complicated. And, and I continue to have these struggles and the stress and this anxiety. Why? Well, one of the reasons why is because I can't see God's presence in my life. I can't hear his voice. And the reason that I can't hear his voice is the same thing that we've been talking about this morning. I've got too much noise. I'm tuned in to too many other things, and it is taking my heart away from the one who could give me healing, from the one who could change my life, from the one who could give me joy and peace and purpose. I can't hear him, so I can't experience those things because there's too much noise. So we got to learn to simplify that a little bit. We got to learn how to stop choosing to tune into all those voices, to stop listening to the people and the products and, and the influencers that try to get us to, to see things their way, do things their way, and, and the, the voices that take us away and from God and drown out his voice in our lives. We got to start simplifying some of those things. It makes me think of a movie that uh, came out, honestly, it came out 20 years ago uh, called For Love of the Game. If you've never seen it, it's a pretty good movie. If you like baseball, it's a decent baseball movie. If you like romance, it's got a romantic story in it. If you don't like either one of those things, you can kind of suffer through uh, to get to the parts that you like. But anyway, Kevin Costner is, is, is in this movie For Love of the Game. He's playing a, a major league baseball pitcher named Billy Chappell. They just make up this guy named Billy Chappell that's pitching for the Detroit Tigers. And this one baseball game, he's pitching for uh, Detroit against the New York uh, Yankees in Yankee Stadium. And the way they depict this, they got, you know, the stadium's full, the crowd is all screaming, they're yelling at him, and there's a scene uh, pretty early on in the movie where he's on the pitcher's mound, he's getting ready to throw his first pitch, and people are yelling at him, they're saying awful things to him, they got horns out that they're blowing, they're, they're trying to get in his head but before he throws this pitch to this first batter. And he's standing on the mound, he's got the ball, and he says, clear the mechanism. And everything fades out. You can still kind of see the people in the background, but you can't hear them anymore. And then and the camera pans around and it shows all these people yelling and screaming, but you can't hear anything. You just see their, their mouths moving. And all he can hear, all you hear in the audio of this movie is him taking a step and throwing the ball and the ball hitting the glove and the umpire saying, strike one. That's all you hear. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could learn how to clear the mechanism? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could learn how to simplify some of that noise in our lives, at least to turn down some of the things that are, that are taking us in the wrong direction or that are, that are uh, causing us to feel more overwhelmed or more anxious, to turn those things down, to clear the mechanism, to truly listen to the voices that really matter. Well, how do we do that? Or maybe better yet, who is it that I need to be listening to? If I got all these sources of noise in my life, if I got all these voices that are, that are vying for my attention, who is it that I need to really be listening to? And that's what I want to talk about for a few more minutes this morning. First group that I think, or the first source 
uh, thing we need to be tuned into and really listen to is what I'm calling the builders. We need to listen to the builders. And, and I probably need to explain what I mean by that. One of the things that, that I may be tuned into, one of, the, one of the sources of noise in my life may be what I'm going to call the discouragers. And maybe this is just me. I, I'll just confess this to you. Maybe you are dealing with the same thing. But there's, there's people who, who I come across on a somewhat regular basis who are just negative. They're just critical about everything. They always think of the worst case scenarios. They always seem to focus on everything that, that could go wrong or is going wrong. They always uh, seem to, and I, I use that word always. It's not necessarily always, but it seems like they're, they're the people who are always criticizing me, always picking apart. Even if I feel like I did something really well, these are the people that come and go, yeah, but you could have said this. You should have done, why didn't you you know, all these different, all these different uh, scenarios, all these different statements that they want to make to be critical of me or to make me feel less about myself. And maybe it's not even me personally. Maybe it's just looking at our church family. Maybe it's, maybe it's just talking about what's going on in their own lives. Maybe just looking at the situation that our world is in now. And all they can find to focus on are the negative things. And it's just, it's discouraging. And the more that I tune into that, the more that I allow that kind of noise, that kind of chatter, that kind of buzz to be in my ears and to start affecting my heart, the more critical and discouraging I become, either of myself or of other people. So look at what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. I mean, Paul says the, the words that come out of my mouth on a regular basis need to be building other people up. I need to be a builder with the things that I say. That, need, that needs to be my speech. It needs to be positive. It needs to be helpful. It needs to be something that, that blesses people and lifts them up. Now, that's what he says I, needs to be coming out of my mouth. That's, that's the words that I need to be saying. I believe that it follows that if I'm supposed to be saying those kind of things, if I'm supposed to be expressing those kind of words, it also follows that I should only be tuning into those kind of words. That I should be focused on listening to words that come from the builders, words that come from people who are trying to build me up and bless me and bless the people that I care about. That I should tune into the people who are trying to be uh, encouraging, the people that challenge me, the people that offer me compassion and, and forgiveness and grace, the people that, that lead me in, in doing those things for others. I need, to be, I need to be focused on, I need to be listening to people who are building me up, not tearing me down. And the more that I can do that, the more that I can simplify and tune out those negative voices, the more blessed my life is going to be. But I can even take that a step further because you could, you could hear me say that right now and go, well, then I just need to surround myself with people who are only going to say good things, who are only going to compliment me, even when it's not even accurate. Oh, you look so good today, even though I really don't. Oh, you did a really good job with that, even though it completely flopped. Oh, you just do everything exactly right, even though I'm making horrible choices in my life. I don't need those kind of people. I need people sometimes when I'm talking about building, sometimes the building up is the challenging statements, the things that I don't necessarily want to hear, but it's coming from a source that I know cares about me. It's coming from a person who I know has my best interest in mind. 
who really wants good things for me, who really wants my life to improve and be better, who can look at some of the choices and decisions that I'm making and go, man, you could be doing something different. You could be doing something better. Those are the voices I need to tune into. As Solomon said in, in Proverbs chapter 27, wounds from a friend can be trusted. That even sometimes when I do get criticism, even when sometimes people are negative and critical of me, that it might be exactly what I need to hear. And if I know that person loves me, that person cares about me, they have my best interest in mind, then even if it's critical, even if it's something that I, that I struggle to hear, I can trust. I can trust that it's actually going to build me up. It's actually being said to make my life better, to help me improve. I need to focus on listening to the builders in my life. If I'm going to simplify some of this noise in my life, I need to listen to the builders. I also need to listen to the askers. Now, that sounds weird. That's not even really a word, is it? An asker? So let me explain what I, what I mean by that. I, I need to listen to the, to the people in my life who are in need, people that I, can, that I can build up, people that I can help. I need to be listening. I need to be tuned into the people that I work with, the people in my neighborhoods, the, the friends that, I, that are posting different things on social media, maybe even people in my own family. And right now that's probably a little bit more difficult because we're not allowed to be around each other as much. And so it makes it a little bit more difficult for me to tune into the needs of other people, but it's still possible. I can look at what some... what. Uh, people are saying in their social media feeds about things they're struggling with, questions that they have, hurts that, are, that they're dealing with. Am I actually listening to those things? As I'm walking through the store, can I, do I hear people talk about problems that they're, that they're struggling with? If I see my neighbors, if we're talking to each other from across the street and they're sharing the kind of burdens that they're dealing with, with all this, this pandemic and all the different things that are changing our lives because of it, am I really tuned in to what they're really saying and what their needs are? Or am I just kind of nodding my head and yeah, me too, and, and just waiting for the opportunity to move on to the next thing? I need to tune into and listen to people who are actually asking for my help, even sometimes when they don't verbally ask for my help. Jesus made a habit of this all the time. I mean, if you go back through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible, and you read about the life of Jesus, and you see all sorts of different examples where Jesus had conversations with people and helped people who were asking for help even when they didn't verbally ask for help. There's a, woman, there, there's a man that's talked about in Matthew chapter 8 that has leprosy. He's covered with this infectious disease. And in the culture that Jesus lived in, you didn't come near anybody like that. You stayed as far away from I mean, you think, you know, our social distancing is bad now. People would not come within 50 feet of this guy. He couldn't live with his family anymore. He couldn't physically touch anyone. If you got within a certain distance of him, he was required by the law to yell out loud, I'm a leper, don't come near me. Imagine what kind of life that would be like. And in Matthew chapter eight, the story is told of this man coming to Jesus and, and, and saying, Jesus, if you're willing, I think you can heal me. And Jesus doesn't just from a distance go, okay, you're healed. Scripture says that Jesus touched the man. Jesus probably, probably grabbed a hold of the guy. Either grabbed a hold of his hands, maybe even embraced him. Hugged him close and said, I'm willing to make you clean. Not just make you clean, I'm willing to connect with you. I'm willing to step into this mess with you. Now, did the guy say, Jesus, will you touch me and 
pull me close and be in this diseased area with me? No. He said, Jesus, will you make me clean? But Jesus heard what he was actually asking. Jesus, is it possible that you would be willing to enter into my world? That you'd be willing to step into this mess with me and be in it with me and pull me out of it? Jesus heard what he was really asking. There's a story in John chapter 4 of a woman who's made horrible life choices, gone through all sorts of uh, multiple marriages, is in a relationship she shouldn't be in at the time, and Jesus has this conversation with her, and she starts asking about church services and what, what is right and what is wrong, where she should be going to church and how often. That's the kind of questions that she's asking. But what she's, what she's really asking Jesus and what he really gets to the heart of is this burden that she's carrying, this guilt that she's carrying of, of all the choices she's been making, all the, the very public humiliation she's been going through and saying, is there a God who still cares about me? Is there someone in this world, is there, is there someone who would connect with me even when I've made the choices I've made? And Jesus says, I'm right here. I'm with Matter of fact, I'll take that burden for you. Mark chapter 8, there's a guy named Bartimaeus that's blind. He's sitting by the side of the road. Jesus walking by, hundreds of people around him. And Bartimaeus keeps yelling out, he's blind. He, somebody tells him, it's Jesus. It's this guy that's been healing people. And I just picture Bartimaeus with his, either with, with a rag over his eyes to cover his blind eyes or just with his eyes shut or maybe just glass over eyes looking up to the heavens or what he would assume would be the heavens. They're just calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, the, and we can kind of breeze by that, that story and just go, well, that's nice that he called out to Jesus. And Jesus does uh, uh, have them bring Bartimaeus to him and he heals him. But the fact that he's calling out, Jesus, have mercy. He's not calling out, Jesus, I'm blind. Will you make me see? He's just asking for mercy. Jesus, I'm living in a world where I don't experience compassion, where I actually experience criticism, and people look down on me, and people mistreat me, and I'm, I'm living in a world where I can't see other people, and I can't see God. I don't understand why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with. Jesus, in a, can you possibly... Give compassion to somebody who rarely gets to experience it. Is that what Bartimaeus verbalized? No, but that's what he was asking. And that's the question that Jesus answered. Even one of his own disciples, when he called them for the first time, this guy, Peter, was a fisherman. And Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 5, is, is with him in a boat and, and, and uh, makes it possible for him to haul in this, this miraculous catch of fish. There's so many fish that are in his nets, his boat is starting to sink. He's never experienced, never experienced anything like it before. And when they get back to the shore, when they finally get back to the shore, he tells Jesus, uh, you need to get away from me because I'm a sinner. And what's he really asking Jesus to do? Jesus, will you please not be around me because I'm scared that you'll see the real me. I know what I really look like. I know who I really am. You are obviously so much better than me. Is there any way you would even want to be around somebody like me? Probably not. You should probably go. Jesus' first words to Peter after he says that, Jesus says, the first thing he says to him, don't be afraid. Peter didn't say he was scared of anything. Jesus knew what he was asking. Jesus knew what he was really saying. I know you're scared. I know you're scared that I'll see the real you. I know you're scared that I'll see what your life is really like. Don't worry about that. I want, I want you to follow me. I want to be connected to you. 
That's, that's several different examples. And, and I want you to see what Jesus did in all of them. He, he listened to the people who were asking, even if they didn't specifically ask for something. He sifted through and, and simplified the noise around him so that he could hear their hearts. Am I in the habit of doing that? How much do I really listen to the needs of people in my own life? How much am I tuned into the lives of, of the people around me that I have the ability to help in some way, to do something for? Or do I have so much other noise between my schedule, my priorities, what's going on with my kids, the stuff that I want to get done, my comfort zone, all that noise and chatter? Does that keep me from listening to the people who are asking for my help, even if they're not verbally asking? If I want to simplify the noise of my life, I need to start tuning into and listening to the people who are asking for help and doing what I can to help them. Very quickly, lastly, I need to, I also need to listen to the shepherd. I need to listen to the shepherd. And what I mean by that is in, in the book of John in chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as a shepherd and, and, and his followers as sheep. Those of us as his followers as sheep. And, and you got to understand that even in Jesus' day, um, you know, it wasn't, maybe it's still this way. I don't, I don't know that much about sheep farms nowadays. But back in Jesus' day, uh, there would be several owners of sheep that would all pile their sheep together in the same corral. And instead of trying to have property in a barn just for yourself and somebody else had their barn over there, that could be kind of expensive. But they could share expenses if they had all their sheep in the same fold together. And so they would do that. And then you'd have different shepherds that would come to that corral, to that fold where all the sheep were. And you got all these different sheep that are belonging to all these different farmers. And that one particular shepherd could step up to that farm, to that uh, group of sheep, and, and start calling out his sheep. And they would recognize his voice. And his sheep would start to follow him out because they had listened to him since they were, you know, little lambs. And they would start following him. And Jesus says, that's how, that's how I am with you. He says in John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, talking about the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of him, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I mean, with all the noise, I mean, think about just, you know, a, a, a sheepfold, a sheep corral. Think about all the noise, that my, you know, all these hundreds maybe, uh, hundreds of sheep, you got other shepherds calling their sheep. You got, you know, the, the gatekeeper. You probably got different farmhands that are taking care of the sheep. There's all this buzz and all this noise. And this shepherd can walk up and start calling his sheep by name. And they hear him because they're listening for his voice. And they recognize it. And the fact, I mean, one of the most amazing phrases in the verse that we just read is when Jesus says that the shepherd calls out his sheep by name. And Jesus says, that's what I do with you. That I have such an intimate awareness of who you are. I know everything about you. I know all the joys, all the triumphs, all the things that make you proud. I know all the blemishes, all the flaws, all the failures, all the things you try to hide. I know it all. And I still call you by name. I'm still, I still look at you and say, that one's one of mine. What amazing love from our shepherd. Why would we not want to tune into his voice? 
when he calls to us and says, here's some of the decisions you need to be making. Here's some choices that need to be different in your life. Here's some things that, that you've been worried about, and I'm going to take care of those things. Here's how I see you. Here's, here's the vision that I have for your life. Here's how much I love you. We need to constantly be listening to the shepherd. Do I listen to him? Do I listen to him? Tell me, I love you. I forgive you. I'm proud of you. Or do I allow other messages, other voices, other influences in my life tune out the voice of my shepherd to the point that I can't hear him? Folks, this isn't, this isn't just preacher talk. This isn't something that, I, that I'm just being paid to say. I am convinced. I am convinced that the more I tune into and listen to Jesus Christ the shepherd of my life who sacrificed everything for me, who loves me with a passion. The more I listen to him, the more blessed my life is. He talks to me all the time. He talks to me through his word. He talks to me through different circumstances. He talks to me through the voices of other people. He talks to me through his spirit that's living in me. My shepherd is constantly calling me by name and saying, you're heading to a dangerous place. Walk this way. Or, hey, I know how to bless your life more. Let's go this direction. Or, hey, this is good food for you to, to feed on, to make your life better. Tune into this. If I'm going to simplify the noise of my life, I've got to start with tuning into and listening to the shepherd. Because he's never going to steer me wrong. Because the words that he says to me give me life. And I've got to get in the habit of listening to him more. I'm going to wrap this up. I, I, there's so many things on my heart, you know, when I was thinking about talking about simplifying the noise. And I... I don't have the time to share them all in one lesson, so maybe we'll figure out another way to do that. But I just, I wanted to remind us today, maybe even challenge us today to think about how we need to simplify and tune out and or turn down a lot of this noise and chatter in our lives so that we can hear what really matters, what's really important. And as you're watching this today, I, I want to encourage you, especially um, uh, if there's some things going on in your lives that have been challenging, that have been overwhelming, uh, if there's failures you've been dealing with or just questions that you have even about this life that, that, that we're called to live, I want to I encourage you uh, to reach out to us. We want to help. We want to listen to what's on your heart. And so uh, you're welcome to even just as you're watching this video, leave a comment for us. Could you please contact me? I, or, or even if you got a question, leave the question in the comments or, or you know, send us a you know, direct message and say, I, I would like to talk about this or can somebody contact me about this? We'll keep it as confidential as possible. You can go to our website, flagstone.family. There's ways that you can email me personally or email somebody at our church and say, I've got questions. Can somebody call me? Can somebody email me? I, I wanna, I, I've got things on my heart. I've got noise in my life and I want to get rid of it and I don't know how. We don't want anybody that's watching this video today to think that you are all on your own trying to tune these things out, trying to simplify the noise in your life. We can help, and we want to. Just let us know how we can do that. You know, I've, I've told our church family multiple times that there were, there were times in my youth ministry days when I used to work with teenagers on a regular basis that I would, I would have a, 
Uh, we, we would set up at a retreat or a youth rally or something like that. We would have a minefield. We'd have just a whole bunch of random objects scattered across a basketball court or just an open floor of some kind. And we would blindfold kids, and they had to figure out how to walk through the, through the minefield. And if they stepped on something, they bumped into something, you know, they had to go back to the beginning and start all over again and try to get all the way across the other side. And there were times that, that we would allow somebody to give them instructions. We would, you know, we would say, hey, somebody's going to, Somebody's going to kind of guide you through this. They can't walk through it with you. They're going to be on the side. They're going to be outside of the minefield. They're going to tell you, step right, step left, baby step three times forward, uh, take a giant step to your left, you know, all these different kinds of things to try to get somebody through the minefield, which was always interesting. I mean, sometimes that would go really well, and sometimes people struggled uh, with the instructions. What was amazing were the times we had like six or seven, maybe even ten blindfolded kids trying to go through the minefield at the same time and everybody giving instructions to their particular, you know, volunteer. And so you got all these voices going, go this way, step backwards, step forward. And you would see these kids with these blindfolds on standing in the middle of, you know, trash cans and chairs and whatever else we could throw around the floor going, I don't know what to do because there's too many voices. Maybe that's where you are today. And I hope that you can tune into the one voice that matters the most. I remember doing the, the minefield experiment one time, and there was one high school girl, but we had all this chatter, and there were even some of us, myself included, who were even giving false instructions. <laughs> we, would, we would yell out things to different kids and, and make them run into something. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was a spiritual lesson involved, but it was probably just being mean. But anyway, we would do that on a regular basis. But, but I remember this one time, there was a high school girl that was talking to her blindfolded volunteer out in the middle of the minefield, and she called her by name, and she said, I'm right here. Listen to me. And just by her voice, she led her through all, all the way through the minefield, the rest of the way to safety. If nothing else happens from this worship together this morning, whether you're in your living room, your bedroom, watching this on your phone, wherever you are, I hope maybe today for, for the first time or for the first time in a long time, you can hear my God calling you by name, saying, listen to me. I'm right here. I'll get you through this. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for knowing everything about us and loving us anyway. Thank you for calling us by name and for, for choosing to, to um, sacrifice your son on the cross for us, to choose, uh, for, for choosing to give us life, for, giving, for choosing to give us hope when this life is over, for consistently calling us by name while we're living here in this world and trying to lead us through all the different minefields in our lives so that we can find our purpose and our joy and our peace in you. Father, help us. Help us to simplify the noise and to listen to you, to listen to the, to the messages and the voices that encourage us and build us up, to listen to the needs of other people, but most of all, God, to tune into your voice and to go the direction that you're calling us. Give us the courage to do that. Give us the willingness to do that. Help us tune out the noise in our lives starting today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Hey, Flagstaff family, thank you so much for tuning in this Sunday morning. Uh, really encouraged by Marshall's message. De definitely make sure to tune in to 
the builders, the askers, and the shepherd. And we hope that you can take that into your daily lives this next week. Really tune in to the Savior and what he has for us. A couple of things really quick as we are uh, finishing off this Sunday. We have Senior Sunday coming up May 17th. So that is three Sundays from this Sunday. Uh, We're really excited about it. It'll be a little bit different because we're going to be doing things virtually. Uh, But seniors, uh, I've sent out, and senior families, I've sent out some stuff to you guys. Make sure that you guys get that into me uh, ASAP. We're really excited about what that Sunday is going to look like. It'll be different and unique, Mm -hmm. but it'll still be special. And we want to honor you guys. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah, and you should have gotten information from Brandon uh, this week about that. If you have a senior um, and you didn't hear from him, make sure you contact Brandon. He's got information. So we want to make sure that we don't miss anybody uh, in honoring our, our graduating high school seniors. Also... Uh, we're two weeks away from Mother's Day. This is your warning. Two Sundays from today is Mother's Day, so you might want to have some things in mind uh, for that. And then to let our church family know, our leadership uh, met together online uh, this week and talked about where we are with the with the building, with the new building uh, uh, plans. And we're looking forward to um, both because of, of construction plans and uh, because of trying to protect you guys and protect our community looking forward to meeting for the first time probably the first sunday in june Ooh. that's what we're going to pray for once you put that on the calendar be praying about that be thinking about people that you can invite to uh, experience that first sunday in our new building with us however we'll also have some details you need to be watching for uh, about uh, having the opportunity to come uh, and and actually sign uh, your favorite scripture your family's name whatever you want to do on the floor of our worship center before we lay all the flooring down so we'll be telling you about Super that, cool. so be watching for that uh, word as well. Flagstone family, we miss being with you in person, but we're glad to be with you online. Amen. Keep being the people that, that God's calling you to be. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help. We love you, and uh, we'll see you later on this week. Definitely see you next Sunday. Thank you, guys. So won't you sign me up? Sign me up. For the Christian Jubilee Won't you write my name name. And put it on the roll Well, I've been changed changed Since the Lord has lifted me I want to be ready Ready when Jesus comes So won't you sign me up Sign me up For the Christian Jubilee Won't you write my name on the road. Well, I've been changed. Since the Lord has lifted me, I want to be ready, ready when Jesus comes. Don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Oh, don't you want to go where I'm bound? Where I'm bound? Oh, don't you want to go? Sign me up, sign me up for the Christian Jubilee. Please, won't you write my name and put it on the roll? Well, I've been changed 